Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 17th of October 2010, entitled The Walking Dead. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Holy Word, beginning in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 1. The Word of God says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren. The elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Honor widows that are widows indeed. But if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents. Well, that is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. These things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. Father, we thank you again this evening, Lord, that we can have the confidence of knowing, as we've already said, that as we approach your throne in prayer, we come in that special name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know, Lord, that you will hear and answer our prayers. But, Lord, we also want to thank you for your word this evening. Lord, that you have preserved for us right down through the millenniums. We thank you that we can still have it here this evening and we can have your spirit that lives and dwells within. And Lord, we pray that that spirit right now, Lord, that he would take and make these words alive into our hearts. Help us, Lord, be receptive to that which you have for us. Help us, Lord, not to... Bear the words of men this evening, but help us, Lord, to hear the words from heaven, to know that it is you that has spoken to our hearts. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. October 31st is approaching. And of course, as we approach, if you've been into any of the shops or the superstores or anything recently, you'll notice that they've got all their spooks and their gadgets and their everything out there to do with anything haunted or corrupt or whatever to celebrate that great and wonderful holiday known as Halloween. Now, I'm not going to ask you for the sake of embarrassment. I hope that I can take for granted that there's not anybody here this evening that is really, at least those that are a part of this church, <laughs> that I even have to ask the question whether or not that you would celebrate Halloween. But as we approach, I want to do two things, and it was really thinking on that, that the title of our sermon this evening, The Walking Dead, because that's part of what they're celebrating and talking about and where its history comes from and all of this stuff. And, and of course, I guess in today's terminology, they would call them zombies. But I want us to talk this evening from a biblical standpoint, because you see, there are there is, I should say, such a thing as the walking dead. But they are not as Halloween would have us believe. They are not as Hollywood would have us believe. But we will see scripturally what the walking dead really are, hopefully, this evening. And if God allows and God permits, um, I haven't really preached on the subject in a straight manner for the last couple of years, at least, I don't think. But God willing, if he allows me, and I'm going to do it next Sunday evening, God willing, rather than waiting until the actual 31st to do it, 
because I just want to, once again, take the Word of God, and I want you to understand, even, even if you want to argue and debate over where all this stuff came from, and so many people, I realize, I understand that with so many people, they're, they're so innocent in all of it. They think it's just a, some innocent fun that they're just having a laugh. But I want to take you, even irrespective of the history of where it came from, I want to take you to the Scriptures next week. And God willing, I want to show you what it really means to live in a haunted house. Haunted houses, I mean, I've even seen, you know, I guess down through the years that it's one of the specialties at Halloween that many people will put up in order to draw crowds in and to make a bit of money. I've even seen churches that, so-called churches, that put together haunted houses as some innocent fun for the kids. The thing I want you to grasp and understand as we look there is, folks, the world would have you to believe that it's innocent. But there is tremendous, I mean great danger in playing with these things. And you can agree or you can disagree with me. But I would be pretty lacking as a pastor if I did not show you and take you into the Word of God that you understand the danger that is present in playing with a lot of these things. No matter how much innocence that it may be meant in, I can assure you it's not innocent with Satan, that's for sure. Now, I want us to direct our attention here this evening to verse 6, because verse 6 says, But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. So according to this verse, it's possible to, in some sense, to be dead at the same time that a person is alive. Now, what is that talking about? These are not going to be deep theological things. These are going to be very simple things from a few scriptures this evening as we look into the Word of God. Because I want you to grasp and understand. You know, whatever you might have heard and whatever you might have read and whatever you might have seen and all of these things, the spooks of the Bible and the spooks of this world are very different. And the walking dead of the Bible, there are walking dead. But they're not the walking dead that the world would have us believe that are walking around today that in one sense of the word are dead, but yet they still live. We look into the Word of God. There's more than one kind of death that is spoken of in the Bible. And of course, for most of us, when we think of death, the first death that would come to mind would be physical death. And most of us, well, I know that none of us here this evening have experienced it ourselves. But many of us have experienced it firsthand with those that we love, with those that are near to us. And though that we here this evening are still living in the flesh, it is possible that there could be someone right here in our presence this evening that is part of the walking dead. That though you may be physically alive here this evening, that in some sense of the word, you might be dead. Of course, the first thing that we think of, and I just simply call it the initial death. We find that back in the book of Genesis chapter 2. Back in Genesis chapter 2. Of course, as Adam and Eve were there, and Adam was given this direction, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17, God said, But of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Notice these next words. 
For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. In the day, the day that you do it right then, you will surely die. We know that Adam took of that fruit. Did Adam die in that day that he took of it? Just as sure as we sit here this evening, he absolutely did. And of course, we know that first of all, that he died spiritually. There was that spiritual death when sin entered in that separated him from God, his creator. Literally says in the context of the word, dying thou shalt die. Adam, when you eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when he said in that day thou shalt die, literally in the, in, in the original means dying, thou shalt die. Death is, oh, it's, a, it's an event that will get almost anybody's attention. And it'll get your attention either as it comes knocking on your door and you realize that it's there, which you don't always where it'll get, its, get your attention when it comes knocking on the door of someone near and dear to you. But death is also a process. Death is an event, a one-time event. But death is also a process, and that's part of what is being brought out in this verse. You see, God told him that in the day that he took of that fruit, he would surely die. You can read over, and if you turn over a few chapters in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 5, you'll find that that's when Adam died physically. I don't think there's anybody here that can come close. He was 930 years old when he finally died physically. But the process of that physical death began right there in the garden, the day that he had. God did not create him to die 930 years later. God created him to live. And we'll find as we look on a bit more about that, but I want you to just keep in mind, first of all, that we have this initial death, this spiritual death that took place in Adam immediately the moment that he took of that fruit. The process was a physical death that began that day and eventually took him from this world. But the Bible speaks of another death. And I simply called it, internal death. Now, I'm not going to get X-rated, but really what the Bible's talking about here is sexual death, the death of the possibility of that seed of life. And of course, we read about that when we read the story of Abraham and Sarah. But as we read Paul recounting that in, in Romans chapter 4 and verse 19, he says this, he says, and being not weak in faith, very important, and being not weak in faith. In other words, he had strong faith. He wasn't weak in faith. Listen, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. In other words, Abraham did not consider himself to be dead because of his strong faith. He says, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. And we know the story. Abraham and Sarah 
They did not deny this internal death, this, this sexual death, this, this death that gave them the possibility that as living beings themselves to be able to pass that life on to another creation. But keep this in mind. It was because of their faith. You see, they did not deny the fact that in their bodies there was death. But because of them believing in the promises of God, because of their faith, it was not weak. They were able to overcome that. But there was a deadness that was there that was only overcome because of their faith. Thirdly, we notice in the Word of God, there's that which I simply called inherited death. Inherited death. Again, in the book of Romans, chapter 5. In Romans, chapter 5, and in verse 12, the Word of God says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You see, we saw in Genesis where that in the day that Adam disobeyed God, in the day that he did that, he brought two deaths upon himself, spiritual death and physical death, one that was immediate and one that the process just as surely began that day that finally caught up with him. We find that it's possible that even in that life for part of that body to reach a point when it no longer is able to function as it ought to function and have a deadness in part of that body. But we notice here that just as surely as death entered in by way of Adam, it came because of sin. When sin came, death came with it. There is no option. You can't have sin without having death. But notice in this verse that it not only goes back and reminds us of that when one man, when by that one man that sin entered the world and death by sin, but he goes on to say, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. There is an inherited death that is passed down to every human being from the moment of birth. That death that originated right back in the Garden of Eden now, a lot of times, you know, notice that word, it says, so death passed upon all men. It's interesting when you look at that word because a lot of times when we think of passing, we think in some way of going around something, passing around something. But the word that's translated passed in here, in here in our Bibles actually means to go through something, to pass right through something. So death passed upon all men. It went right through Adam and it went to the whole human race and it keeps running through each and every one of us right down to those that we have the privilege of bringing into this world. It's funny that as we look at this word past, <laughs> passing right through him to each one. But it's one of those words, you know, we learned a few of those things. If some of you were here in the seminar on, on the Saturday about our Bibles, the importance 
the importance of the endings that are no longer on our words, those ITHs and the importance of some of those Ys and, and, and Ts that they begin with. And of course, one of the things is right here that this word literally means not just happening right now, not just passing through right now, but it's something that passed through at a point in history that is still passing through right now. And you see, that's the way death, though it began right there in the Garden of Eden, is still passing right through each one of us today as we sit here this evening. Spiritual death. It came right into Adam's life, and it's been a part of each and every individual's life after that. It's unavoidable. All have sinned, he says there. All have sinned. Nobody has, has bypassed this death. That's why that when we proclaim, and so many today as part of our Christian faith would say that it really doesn't matter if Jesus was born of a virgin or not. It matters by everything that Jesus Christ was born as a vir by a virgin, by the virgin birth. The simple truth is there was no man, no human living being by which his birth could come through without sin and death being passed down to him. Therefore, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, by God himself, because this inherited death would have been part of him and therefore sin. Because you see, it's the sin. The sin. Sometimes you've heard me make the statement, it's so simple. Sometimes people think that somehow we become a sinner at some point in our life when we've committed a sin. The truth is we begin committing sin at some point in our life because we are already sinners. We've inherited that sin nature. It's part of us. It's unavoidable. And therefore, death is unavoidable by any human being that has ever been born. We find that the next thing I'd like to remind you of is what I simply called <laughs> that indwelling death being abolished. <laughs> if this death that was initiated in the Garden of Eden, that has passed through mankind right down to every human being that has ever lived, I like what the Apostle Paul said to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And he says, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. You, you that are believers, you that have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you hath he quickened, you hath he made alive who were before dead in your trespasses and sins. And of course, if you'd like to turn there in your Bible, it's one of those places when you start reading, it's hard to, to find a stopping point. But I'd like to read just uh, maybe the first five or six verses of Ephesians chapter 2. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our 
conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Conversation, our, our whole lifestyles, if you would, in the past, it was all based around the flesh and the lust of the flesh and, and what the flesh wanted and, and fulfilling those desires of the flesh. Why? Because we were by nature sinners. We were under the wrath of God. But boy, I've circled those next two words in my Bible. I'm Mark all in mine. You may not like to do that. But God. <laughs> That's what we were. That's where we were. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, that's the possibilities. That's the only possibility. That's where that, that inherited death that has been inherited and therefore is indwelling within each and every one of us as humans, it can be completely abolished. It can be completely done away with. Now, keep in mind that initially, for right now, it's the spiritual death that's abolished. Unfortunately, just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that you're going to quit aging. Doesn't mean that one day this physical body is not going to die. Now, keep in mind, you've been quickened, you've been made alive, but you're still in the old flesh. Your flesh has not yet been redeemed, but there's coming a day. <laughs> the Bible says when it will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it's when the old corruptible will put on incorruption. Because you see, physically, death has already, it's already been completely conquered by the Lord Jesus Christ, spiritually and physically. It's just that right now, you see, just as back in the garden, when Adam first sinned, he experienced his spiritual death right then and there on that day. And there was a process that began in his life that would lead him 930 years later to death. The moment, the moment. Remember as we said this morning, as we said many times as a matter of fact, only one avenue, only one path, only one road, no matter what you want to call it, there's only one way for you to get to God's grace, and that's through faith. Faith. You see, for by grace are you saved through faith. Just as in that day when Adam took of that fruit, of course it wasn't the fruit that killed him, it was his disobeying God. That was the sin that, that brought the death. Just as in that day he spiritually died in the process 
of his physical death began. In that day, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, no other way, no other way, not enough religion, not enough baptism, not enough anything. When you put your faith and trust, when you will humble yourself, admit that you're a sinner, recognize that there is absolutely no way that you can get around the consequences of that sin, which is death, except through the one and only Lord Jesus Christ that went and died your death for you upon the cross of Calvary. He conquered death. He came out of that grave the third day, hallelujah, and today he's sitting right there beside the Father interceding for us, praise God. You see, you can have death abolished, and it'll happen the same way. In the day that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in that day, spiritual death will be abolished just as surely as it began in that day with Adam. You know what? There's a process begins too. Day by day, moment by moment. The Bible talks about us being conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Being conformed into his image. The Bible says that one day we will be just like him. Just as it was 930 years later for Adam when the physical death came. We don't know how many days, how many years, but I can tell you this. I'm listening for the trumpet even before we leave here this evening. That's how close that I believe it is. And I know that when he comes, the Bible has promised that this old corruptible put on incorruption because my faith that I put in Jesus Christ, it didn't just give me spiritual life. It gave me eternal life. And I will have a new body that has not inherited that death that came right down from Adam. So you see, in the one sense, there may be some right here this evening. There may be some under the sound of my voice that maybe you've experienced your life, your physical life. But maybe you've not considered the fact that spiritually you're still dead. There are people around us all over the place, that are the walking dead. They are the walking dead. They have experienced their physical life, which in fact is already in the process of dying anyway. But spiritually, there is no life. They're walking around spiritually dead. We find that as the Bible speaks in this passage here that we have read, we find that in verse 5 he said, Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. There is some debate amongst theologians of which I am not one of. <laughs> It's a contrast between verses 5 and 6 here. Some commentaries will tell you that the lady in verse 6 is a saved lady, just like the one in verse 5, because Timothy's being taught by the Apostle Paul at this point. All of these verses are pertaining specifically as to how the church is supposed to be dealing with one another. And it begins there in the first part of our reading where it talks about the respect that ought to be shown to the older men. 
all the way through the Scripture. That's a principle that's laid down. And the word there that's, that's translated as rebuke in our Bibles, it carries with it the, the idea of, of a sharp rebuke, of speaking sharply to someone. In other words, the church should take into account these elderly men in the church, and there ought to be enough respect for them that they don't speak sharply to them and rebuke them that things should be done graciously and lovingly. And he goes on to talking about the widows. And he's talking about how that really the church has a responsibility to take care of the widows. Notice it says that are widows indeed. And he also puts in there that, of course, there's the responsibility of the children and the nephews. And in other words, the family ought to do what they can. But the church shouldn't sit by and let any of the widows, those that don't have the means of taking care of themselves, and let them suffer and not be taken care of. The church has a responsibility. Now, some think five and six, there's a contrast between the where that, you know, the church has a responsibility for those that are truly Christians, that are part of the family of God, to take care of them. But that they ought not to be taking care of and supporting somebody that's taking in turn God's money and going out and spending it on the pleasures of the world, the fleshly things. Well, that's a good principle. Some, on the other hand, think that it's contrasting here that you've got the Christian widows on the one hand, which are still spending their time in praying and, and honoring God in, in their activities, and they're being taken care of, but you have those that don't have Christ, the lost ones that are concerned about the pleasures of this world, that they're spiritually dead. Well, may I say this, that if you really get to looking at the principles that are being taught to us here, I believe the same principle applies, that the same principle applies to this, in a sense, whether he is speaking of those within the church that have been saved, but that are not walking with God and putting God where they ought to be in their life, or whether it's those that have never been Christians in the first place, that the same principles apply, that she is still someone that is dead while she is living. Because we've already looked at this fact that it's possible, it's possible to be alive physically and dead spiritually. So if this is speaking of a lady that has never come to Christ, that her whole focus, just as we have already seen in Ephesians, is still upon the flesh, fulfilling those desires of the flesh. But she is a dead woman, even though she's still alive. But there's also another consideration because I believe that there is another kind of death that can also apply to us as Christians I simply call it, my final point, identity death. <laughs> you see, when people look at you, what do they see? Are you identified? I'm sure that all of you here already know. I mean, I've, I've said it many times that, you know, when we were first called Christians at Antioch, <laughs> it wasn't a reward. <laughs> it wasn't something that was meant to encourage it was a very derogatory turn because when they looked at these people, what they saw was little Christ. You're just like that Christ guy. <laughs> and so Christians were called that as a derogatory term. 
You heard me preach a sermon some of you some years back, you know, if you were in a court of law being accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to find you guilty? Would there be enough evidence to find you guilty? You see, I believe this too. I believe that there are Christians walking around today that though they're spiritually alive and though they will one day have their new body, that as far as the life that is being manifest in them right now, they're dead while they're walking around alive. They're spiritually alive. I'm not, even though I, I love, I love gardening to a degree. <laughs> I used to love having a garden and grow my vegetables and all these things. And, and for years prior to coming to this country, I, I always had a garden. but I wouldn't call myself a great gardener. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like a lot of you spend time bringing all these beautiful flowers into the church and all the, the beautiful flowers on the outside, and especially Ralda and Peter and some of you will, you know, it's not out of a lack of love and appreciation, but if we went out there right now, you'd be lucky if I could tell you the name of any one of them. <laughs> I, I just don't know what they are. Now, you know, the same thing applies to fruit trees. I can look at all these trees and they're all pretty and they got branches and they got green leaves and but I couldn't tell you if it, you know, apple tree, orange tree, plum tree, it could be anything if it's only got leaves on it. But boy, once that fruit starts growing, I can tell you what it is then. <laughs> I can identify it then because I see the oranges and I and I see the apples. The problem is there's a whole lot of Christians what I'm asking you is, is there enough fruit in your life that will identify you as a Christian, that people look at you, they don't have to question and wonder, that could be an orange tree. That looks kind of like the leaves of an orange tree, or that looks like the leaves of an apple tree or whatever. Once that fruit's there, boy, there's no question. There's no doubt. It's there because it is absolute evidence of what kind of tree it is. I believe there's too many too many Christians today that's just like this widow lady that they're the walking dead. They've been given that spiritual life, but they'd just as well be a dead tree sticking out there because there's no fruit. There's no evidence of who they are. There's nothing happening. They're not producing anything. Now, it doesn't make you a better Christian because you produce more than you. You need to be in the center of God's will. Your life needs to be what God wants it to be, and we're not to compare ourselves one amongst another. But we ought to all be making the most of our Christian lives. And, and I believe that this widow here, so as far as I'm concerned, the same principle applies either way. Because this widow lady, you know, if her focus is upon the flesh, but she that liveth in Pleasure is dead while she liveth. Now, I have totally gotten away from my notes here, but as we, as we look back, I can hopefully pick up a couple of things that I wanted to, uh, uh, to point out to you there. And, of course, one of the things is that this word here, when it says that she is dead, again, because of the whole sense, and I'm not going to get into all the you know, perfect active indicative verb and all this stuff. You know, we're not going to have a, a, a Greek lesson here. But let me tell you that the word carries with it the tense without any shadow of a doubt. 
a doubt that it was an action that took place in the past that still remains so now. So at some point, this lady here that the Bible is talking about, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. There was some point in her life that this death became a part of her life, and it's still that way now. And I believe that whichever way that it's talking about it, that it's a, a sad thing. Now, if you look with me into the book of Romans chapter 8, book of Romans, my favorite chapter in all of God's Word. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. In any court, there's one way that you can be assured that you'll be free from whatever law that you may have broken, whatever punishment that might come from it. That's death. The law can't apply to a dead man. You can't make it work to a dead man. Try to convict a dead man. What good is it going to do? The Bible uses this illustration. You know that the law, just as it uses an illustration earlier, that marriage, marriage is only binding while you're alive. Once you're dead, there's no more binding there. And he uses these illustrations. We were one time married to the world. But if the world has been put to death, as it ought to have been when we died with the Lord Jesus Christ, we're no longer married to the world. We're married to Him. The same thing with the law. We can no longer be condemned by the law if we've been set free in Jesus Christ. That doesn't make the law change. It doesn't make what it says any less important. But it makes our position in Christ extremely important. You see, all I want you to recognize as we bring this to close is that these terms here after the flesh, they can still apply to a believer after salvation. It's possible for somebody that even though they are in Christ, according to what the Word of God shows us here, it's possible to still walk after the flesh instead of walking in the Spirit. The Bible said in verse 9 of Romans chapter 8, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You see, we can still walk after the flesh. Matter of fact, the Bible warns us so very much in our Christian walk, save people. Rather than walking after the Spirit, rather than being filled with the Spirit, they allow themselves to follow their flesh and their fleshly desires and those same things that were part of their life before. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth.
the pleasures of the world. They appear. They appeal to the natural man. They appeal to that sinful man, that sin that has been inherited and passed down, that sin that is still in your unredeemed body, the pleasures of this world. They can appeal to that old sinful flesh. And again, it said in Romans 8, 13, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. We find that Paul is speaking here to those that are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And we find that when the Holy Spirit is present, as we've been looking at in our study, there's going to be fruits of the Spirit. There's going to be evidence of that in the, in the life. The Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, he said, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You see, I guess we come right back to it. The Bible speaks of all kinds of different deaths, physical death and spiritual death, death of the womb. speaks of dead Christians that are walking after the flesh and not manifesting that life that should be manifest in their lives. But in every instance, in every case, the only way that death can be overcome is through faith. In every instance, it's through faith. It's only through faith that will get you to God's grace that will save you from that spiritual death that's been inherited. It's only through faith, that same faith, that will overcome that physical death. It was through faith that even though all evidence would have proven that the physical bodies of Abraham and Sarah at their age would never be able to produce life, Yet the Bible says through faith. They had faith in the promises of God. It was possible. Now we find that the Bible is also telling us right here, as believers, as Christians, that it's faith. It's faith that will make the difference in our lives. We want to be fruitful Christians. We want to be reproducing the unsaved or the walking dead. And some Christians are walking around dead as well. And I'd like to encourage you, you know, take every opportunity you can to be a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. When they're celebrating all of their Halloween junk about the walking dead, they don't know what they're messing with. They don't realize just how serious the walking dead really is. And that it's an eternal question. But I want to remind you this evening that if you're here as a child of God, you were immediately made alive. That spiritual death that you inherited through sin, 
It was taken care of on the spot. Your physical is taken care of. It's taken care of. It's a process, but you've already been promised. And if it's God's promise by faith, it's yours. I love. I'll leave you with this great passage in Romans chapter 8. It tells us, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, from whom He did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called... Them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We find that it's a done job with God. Anybody here feel like you're glorified yet? <laughs> If you're justified, past tense, in God's eyes, you're glorified, past tense. There's no other way it can turn out. With God, what He promises is done. It's accomplished. It's finished. He can speak of that which is not yet as it already is because He does know. Father, we thank You so much this evening for... Lord, this time that we have simply tried to look at this thought, Lord, that we were reminded of and that, Lord, we felt that you had brought to our minds and our hearts because of the time of year that is approaching us and, Lord, so many that are playing games about the walking dead and the zombies and the things like that. But, Lord, it's such a serious subject. And it's something that we need to recognize the walking dead are a very real thing. Lord, that death can be overcome. Whatever kind of death that it was, it can be overcome. But it can only be overcome through the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way that we're going to get there is through faith. And so I pray this evening. Lord, I pray that there be one here this evening that has never exercised their faith and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior I pray even now, Lord, I pray that your Spirit would continue to work in their hearts, show them their need. And Father, for anyone that might be here that they have exercised that faith, help them to recognize what they have. Help them, Lord, not to be as this lady that Timothy was being warned about that, Lord, because of the fact that she was living for the pleasures of the flesh, Lord, she was dead while she was still living. Lord, help us, please, not to fall into that category. Help us to be fruit bearers. Help the life to show through us so that people can see the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us not to be dead Christians walking around that although that we are alive spiritually and although that one day we'll have a new body or that no life is being produced, Lord, I pray that you'd help us Help us that our witness would be real. Help us that your spirit would control us in such a way that 
Well, that he who lives within us would be more visible in our daily lives than even we ourselves. We give you the praise and thanks for it. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen.